Hey guys, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Justin and Donovan podcast. This is a show where Donovan and myself, we talk about politics, pop culture, social issues, and everything that matters to Singapore. Yeah, and um, I think it's an exciting project that we're starting this year. Um, Justin and myself, we've both written on local politics and social issues for a long time. Um, Justin himself, he has published in the Straits Times and the local media Myself, I have written just about in every local media publication in Singapore. Um, but enough of ourselves. Today, we're going to jump right into the hottest topic on the interweb right now. Uh, Justin, please go ahead. Tell us about your horror experience at uh, Golden Village last night. So, uh, it wasn't Golden Village, it was Shaw Theatres, uh, which is a smaller cinema, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a cinema which was like almost completely empty. There were like, literally four people. Uh, wow. besides, uh, including myself, right? I and then the, one out of the four, like, walked, walked the halfway. I hope the popcorn made it a little bit better. <laughs> I didn't even order popcorn, right? This is not a film, it's like, stable. worth buying popcorn for, right? So, yeah, it, it was it was a tragedy, man. It was really, really bad. Uh, so, our girls go army, right? Uh, for those who are, like, living under the rock, it's this really, really horribly made movie uh that's i think the fifth is installment of the 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 army series by jack new right so it's a story where basically a bunch of girls are you know going through national service right and this is after you know singapore uh passed the legislation to um put women to the army because we are for declining birth rates right so the movie was pretty Oh my gosh, it was really, it was really horrible. It was just really horrible. Like I actually just watched the movie. Alright, just as a disclaimer, I watched the movie not because like I'm Jack New fan or anything. I watched the movie just because I did do research for this podcast. So I kind of took one for the team, right? <laughs> just to watch this. It, it was really bad. Like and every like like every uh few moments, right? I was like telling myself, like, what the fuck? Like, did that ju- joke just like happen? Right? So the story was bad because uh Characters lack development, story art was infuriatingly repetitive. So it just goes from like girls misbehave because they are like um, obsessed about girly things, right? Like, oh, I, I, I have to put chemo and chemo damages my face. I want to put my face mask. I want to, I want to keep my manicure, but then they ask me to cut my nails. So doing girly things, then they want a lot, right? When they're told not to do it and then they still do it and then they get punished, right? So, so- this just repeats through the entire movie there was like no end goal and then finally when you have some semblance of like okay maybe the story is like going somewhere because like they're trying to save their sergeant from getting fired or something right from being posted out on their camp right then when it gets to that part it, it comes up to be continued yeah there's actually gonna be a oh. follow-up right which which i was oh, like okay. oh no man yeah. But, but for, some, for, for some quick context, right? So this is what, the fourth or fifth, uh, fifth, fifth army installment. movie in, in this Marvel franchise, right? And <clears throat> have you seen the, the earlier movies? Yeah, I've actually seen the... I've probably seen like one and two. And I saw like yeah. a bit of three. Right? So, and a bit so of four as well. Yeah. My, my question is this, right? Everyone's dumping on the movie right now. Everyone thinks it's the worst thing that came out uh, this year. I mean, the year's barely started. What exactly is so different about this Argos uh, version of the army movie 
compared to Jack Neal's uh, earlier Our Boys to Men franchise? Okay, so the uh, I, I guess the difference is like the entire emphasis is on um, women in the army, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they went very, very deep into uh, stereotypes of like women. Sure. So I think how, how they came up with this thing was that in the previous uh, movie, I think Our Boys to Men 4, right? Uh, they were, they were playing on this stereotype of like you know females being a bit too um like like they have smaller frames they may not be as commanding their voice and things like that right so there was yep. this, the story was basically a bunch of guys going to service and they had to like do service under this commander this female and she was like struggling to get them together right so I think he for some reason Jack Neal thought it was a very good idea to just like continue pushing the female stereotypes further. Right, so right. he dedicated the entire movie just on female stereotypes, and uh, it was quite sad because um, the male stereotypes, right? Uh, if you put it like male stereotypes, they were like very varied, right? They were like the Lobang King. There was the guy that uh, there was Aloysius doing his weird stuff, right? So there were different varieties of stereotypes and archetypes they played with, right? But for Argos to Argos go army, it was just really one dimensional, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so if I got you correctly, right, you're saying that the last movie, the Our Boys to Men 4, where the cast went back for reservists, they were playing on, they were already playing on female stereotypes? Or was yeah, that just, just a little bit. Because the protagonist, or rather the main character, was a female commander, right? Uh, right like among right. all the men, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So when I look at the reviews of the movie, right, um, everyone's like, uh, it's just like skating reviews everywhere, right? And one of the most uh, common critics of the movie is that they were playing on these uh, gender stereotypes of women. They are either obsessed with beauty, they gossip uh, a lot, um, or, or they were just like generally overly feminine. And and that that's your assessment of the movie as well. There's yeah, no that- I mean, I'm, yeah, that was basically all the. And almost the entirety of the jokes, right? It was okay. literally like uh, I think there was this really really terrible line that uh, you can you can come that you come across in the trailer as well, right? right? It was basically like a girl she was like in jungle training, and then she said like I don't mind protecting my country, but will my country protect my face, right? And and this was like the level of jokes that was like like you know just running throughout the entire movie. Right. So what I would be interested in, right? I know you said the theater you were in, there was like four other people. But what I would be interested in is that are the other people going to watch this movie? Do they find it funny? Because a lot of times, you know, we all know that Jack Neal's movies play to the lowest common denominator. And many yeah. times, and it's sort of like a thing we tolerate, right? And many times people will say that, oh, you know what? Jack, when we go and watch a Jack Neal movie, there's a... There's a tacit acceptance that we are watching something lowbrow. So, you know, we don't need to be so uh, socially uh, woke or we don't need to be so represent like we are watching something intellectual and highbrow, right? And I guess maybe a Jack Neal uh, supporter, right, would rebut to you and all these negative reviews on the internet by saying that, hey, bro, take it easy. It's just a Jack Neal movie. Why, why are you getting so worked up? So what, what, what's your response to that? Uh, I mean, our boys. Okay, I I'm not sure whether this is a controversial opinion. Uh, I I actually thought the first 
two uh, boys to men movie were actually pretty good, right? Um, they were like, as I said, very lowbrow, right? No, I like the right Oh, you like the like the first two, right? Yeah, the, the it was quite. Two. It was like quite relatable actually, right? Uh, because I think in army you do have those, uh, people, right? Um, and and they are quite true to the stereotypes, right? There's always this really like guy that does like gets everyone in trouble and then the lobang here etc as i mentioned right so i think there's some level of relative relatability right even though it's very low brow but i think what this movie gets really wrong is like there's no there's no sense of like um any sense of connection that you can build right with the right. movie at all right because as as much as like girls are annoying they don't believe to this they're not that annoying <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't want to date girls ever, you know, right? So, so uh, I don't think girls are annoying. I think some girls are annoying or some men are annoying. Let's try not to get cancelled in the first episode. <laughs> but but then, you know, I, I mean, I've seen the first uh, two Our Boys to Men movies. I, I saw it actually when I was doing my national service, right? And I mean, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, the movies were not fantastic, they were not great, but you know, a, a, a movie that you enjoy doesn't mean it has to be good, right? And vice versa, a movie that's very good, very artistically um, uh, uh, well done, right, may not be something that you enjoy. So I think the Aboys to Men, the first two flicks, there was something that was enjoyable, but I mean, it was as, as far as Jack Neal movies go, it was, it was decent, it was okay. Um, and, and I'm not a huge like Jack Neal fan either. I think his movies are, how do I put it? It's like when you watch it, it's like something, there's like a, it invokes this kind of like warm and fuzzy feeling, you know, it's like, ah, this is what it means to be Singaporean, you know, this is like the, the most crass representation of what a Singaporean is. And, and everyone who watches a Jack Neal movie, right, thinks that they don't behave like that stereotype. But in actuality, I think all of us have a little bit of that in us, right? Um, yeah. Actually, quick fun story. Uh, Jack Neal came from my school, uh, came from my secondary school, right? So he was like lauded as like the you know most uh, in some sense prestigious alumni, right? He never ever came back to the school, if I'm not wrong, right? To do any events or anything like that, right? So, but the school wanted to honor him by like annually we did this thing called like home runs, so we had to like basically like run with some other run, run with our friends through right and i thought it was actually quite uh quite a good thing right and it mm. actually goes to show like actually there is some strong emotional depth right in actually some of his films when you say but, home run you're talking about power heights right the one that won like a golden horse award yeah correct 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 so there was right. a literal a home run in our in my school they did annually for orientation Right, but they discontinued discontinued after like he was involved in some like scandals, and then they were like, okay, maybe we don't have to be associated with this guy anymore. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it, right, I totally forgot about all his sex scandals. I mean, it's been so long, right? People just sort of like yes, uh, out of sight, out of mind. Oh, you're forgiven, right? But at back at the time, you were like the devil. You know. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I I look at all these like uh, reviews, right? Uh, uh, on Straits Times, on YouTube, all these social media influencers who are reviewing the, the movie right now, right? They all, they, the, there's a common 
the team in, in the negative reviews, and that is that he goes too far in the the female stereotypes, right? But like like you mentioned earlier, you know, stereotypes are uh, ubiquitous in comedy or even the mass media for that matter, right? Yeah. And I think really what's what's uh, people, what people are like upset by maybe is that it's not so much that there are stereotypes at play here, but that the stereotypes are too crass. They are too um, they go too far, right? So so I, I maybe get, I guess you could put it this way, right? They are looking for um, they wanted a little bit more of uh, nuanced stereotypes. I don't know if that sounds like an oxymoron or not. I, I don't know about that because from what I hear about the reviews, some of the reviews legitimately believe that uh, you know Jack New shouldn't even explore stereotypes, right? I think there was this one by Straits Times uh, which I alluded to. Uh, the the correspondent literally said that there were many many other people to joke about. Why are you joking about people who are what like vulnerable? Right or oppressed in society, like why do you need to joke about someone who's fat or someone with some uh, who's going through issues and uh, wants to take a life, right? Why not joke about why not joke about insurance agents? Why not joke about some landlord squeezing you? I, I don't know what you're talking about, but it was very weird. Yeah. So you're you're talking about you're talking about this guy John Louis, right? He, he was a yeah. he's a film correspondent at Straits Times. So for those who are listening in. Um, he basically what John Louis was saying. He 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 was interviewed on video of the uh, of the movie. Oh, he wrote a written review as well. But on video, he he said that um, he said that this movie makes as much sense as uh, it, it, this movie is as funny as a positive COVID test. Yeah, COVID nineteen. He goes yeah. on to talk about like the the product placements. There's too much. Um, I wouldn't call this movie lazy because it takes too much effort to be this terrible. And then, of course, he he brings up the point about like the movie being offensive because they are making fun of uh, the overweight women. And there's a there's a member in the cast that is like this uh, overweight girl, right? And then they yeah. were making fun of um, like the the caricature of like the princess women. Like they, they, I I I didn't watch the movie, so I presume that what she was overly yeah, concerned with her nails, right? Right. Yeah. And and I mean, it, it's 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 a weird critique, right? Because to to me, right, you know, I, I watch a lot of Jack Neal movies and and Singapore media media corp movies, and we all play on stereotypes to some extent. And okay, let's so let's talk about not just Jack Neal movies, right? Um, if you watch like the earlier Jack Neal movies, uh, earlier Our Boys to Men movies, you also have a lot of stereotypes at play, like the Lobang Bang character, um. I think the guy's name who plays it is like Wang Weiliang, right? Uh, he he's like the caricatured gangster, right? He comes in and then he has like all the he knows all the hookups, he knows where to get things, and then he's like the he's basically like the hooligan. And then you have um I don't know the 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 another guy who's like the very wayangkia, right? Who's like sucking up because he wants to get promoted to officer. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the word, yeah, the Wayang King, right? The Wayang King. Yeah, and um. Can't remember off the top of my head now, but I mean there are a lot of stereotypes at play here. But when Aboys to Men was airing, I don't recall ever seeing a single review complaining about these male stereotypes. So so somehow what was at play here, right? At least from my point of view, is that those stereotypes are more acceptable 
But this these current ones in the Argos Go Army movie, uh, it's unacceptable. What why is that? Um, I just feel like as as I think I sort of mentioned that um, I do feel that for stereotypes they need to be uh, a joke needs to be funny. If it's jo- if the joke's not funny and it's in an offensive direction, people get insulted, right? So I, I can sort of understand where people are coming from, right? Where because literally when I watched the movie, even though I'm not a girl, I actually felt like it super insulted, right? And I think some things were done very poor taste, uh, generally like, like I would definitely say so because, like for example, there's this scene where the girl was about to jump off, right? And then Jack knew, uh script was basically like uh in order to cheer the girl up they did all sorts of weird things including like dancing for the girl right so that if hopefully we all dance together then then she would cheer up and she would jump uh, she would not jump off right it, it was it was like it was just weird right and and i think like like okay but i i want singaporeans to like recognize one thing which is that um you have to play with stereotypes right it's a backbone of comedy right and i think um Sometimes in comedy, there'll be like hits and misses, right? And one good example is South Park. So some episodes, they are like really, really, really brilliant, right? And they actually explore very controversial topics. People who don't watch South Park, what's South Park? South Park is basically like a bunch of four, uh, they call it grade school kids, like primary school kids, right? And they are like, they use foul language, right? And they make all sorts of very, very offensive jokes. Right, there's this so, guy who's literally a Jewish kid, right? And like almost every episode, uh, the main character like rips on a Jewish kid. Right. right. So it, it's an yeah. American cartoon, right? It's, it's like an R-rated comedy or, or Comedy Central. Yes, correct. Yeah, and, and literally like 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 the episode, some of the episodes were like just you're just like okay, wh- where are they going with this? Right. It's just offensive. It's just insulting. It's not funny at all. Right. right. But the the fact that they are willing to push boundaries. Right, allows them to produce some of the best episodes I've ever seen of comedy. Like, uh, I I love South Park. Right, I'm a huge South Park fan, and it's only possible because, uh, we're willing to take offense and willing to play stereotypes. Right, and it's unfortunate in Singapore society, if you make a, okay, so in in the South Park version, they make fun of the, the Jewish guy, right? But in Singapore, let's say you make fun of a Malay guy, a Chinese guy, an Indian guy, right? I think people will like go crazy and want the thing to be shut down, right? And um. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a huge tragedy. Uh, yeah, so well, I haven't I haven't seen a lot of South Park, but to, to my knowledge, right, the the kinds of stereotypes that they play at, they go so um, overboard to the point where you know it's satire, right? Um, yeah, and you know that uh, it's it's intentionally exaggerated. Whereas I think when it comes to like this Jack Neil movie. The exaggeration, the stereotypes here, they are not, uh, they don't feel like it's a, it's a part of the trope, you know, it's, it's just what the director actually thinks women behave like. But when you watch South Park and they make fun of like the, the Jewish guy or the black guy or whatever, or the minorities, right, you know that obviously the directors, are, the filmmakers, right, they don't actually think that Jewish people or black people behave this way. They're doing it because it's part of like a comedy trope. Whereas in the Jack Neil movie, it's like you actually believe that people. In this I, I actually, I actually disagree. I actually think that, um, 
I, I think I think stereotypes have some level of truth in it, right? And I think living in a diverse society means that it's not that we think that stereotypes don't exist, but we sort of like navigate an environment where we can still be respectful of each other despite the stereotypes, right? And still be open-minded to learn about each other. So there's this episode of South Park where um, there's this black guy, right, who was told to just come down, uh, come down to my house and we're trying to start a band, right? Come down to Cartman's house and start a band, right? And then the guy was like, why do you, why do you call me to come down? Uh, isn't that racist? Like, just because you think I'm black, therefore you think I, I'm good at music, right? Yeah. Right. And then and then after that, uh, the cover was like, you just shut up, okay? You just go down to the basement and get a bass guitar. And it was like, I don't have a bass guitar, right? When you get out of the basement, you actually found a bass guitar, right? And then and then it went on like, it, it was like stereotype over stereotype, right? Where like literally black people can are good at music. And I, and, and, and I think like what this reveals is that the... People who created South Park, uh, I think Matt Stone and Trey Parker, they actually genuinely believe in some of these stereotypes, right? But I think the way they do it is that they make it very funny and they make it very accessible so that it becomes something that we can actually have a conversation about, right? And some of the topic, some of the top episodes are actually very, very deep, right? Because they actually confront very, very sensitive issues, right? And it makes people like really think about things. So I want to bring it back to another review, right? So Douglasson, he's an eight days writer, and he also wrote a very skating review of the movie. He says that Jack Neal's tone-deaf military comedy makes you wonder when he last hung out with around young women. <laughs> right? I, I thought that's a very funny. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I mean, like he and in his review, right? He says um, it's very regressive. You know, it's a very unflattering depiction of women as juvenile, clueless, asinine. Uh, when was the last time, Jack Neal, you hung out with young women? And, you know, going back to the point about stereotypes being uh, omnipresent, right, in, in comedy uh, and, and being used uh, as like a norm, right? You know, I, I, I'm not convinced because when I look at Our Boys to Men, I see a lot of crass stereotypes as well of, of uh, yep. the, the class, right? Um, for, for example, right, let, let's use a gender stereotype. You watch Our Boys to Men, and as I recall in the first two movies, um, it's all about brotherhood, right? Because they are all trying to like um, get have each other's back in in uh, in, in this uh, in the two years in the BMT training. And at one point in the film, they they were outside, and then I think they got into some fights with some gangsters, right? Yeah. And, and the reason why they got into that fight is because. One of the guys, I think it was Noah Yap's, uh, his, his, his girlfriend was like stolen by an, a, another guy on the outside. Yeah, and something he was like so that, angry yeah. about it. So his, all his uh, so-called brothers in, in, the, in the army, right? It was like, brother, you like to Then all of them started getting, uh, getting out and like, want to fight with him, right? So what, what do you have at play here? You have the most classic male stereotype at play here, which is that guys... We should have each other's backs and we should deploy violence if and when it solves the problem right and you know when when people watch that right we we don't we don't instinctively think that that's a huge issue right because maybe it's because of like the context and the backdrop of the film also it's like army culture you know uh, men should be men that kind of thinking right but but you see right there are there are crass stereotypes at play even in the our boys to men movie so my my point, right, to all these like negative reviewers, right, is that where were you when the stereotypes were at play in, in these movies or all the countless 
of Mediacorp shows, right? Where where are you guys uh with, with your like social critics, right? I think I think really what's at play here, right, is that the movie is genuinely artistically bad, okay? And because the movie is bad, <coughs> everyone is just piling on and they're looking for all the excuses they can find to formulate that wholesome negative review. Because you don't just want to say the movie is bad artistically, you also want to say that it's misogynistic, it laughs at uh, yeah. fat women, it laughs at uh, it makes fun of like gender stereotypes, etc, etc, right? And I think that's really what's at play here. They are, everyone's just trying to tell like a cohesive story, right? Because there, there's, I think there's a bit of inconsistency when, when they uh, apply these standards. Yeah, yeah, definitely put it right. Uh, yeah, so so going back to the, going back to re-emphasize this point, like I, I think being offensive is fine, applying stereotypes is fine. Right. Uh, and I think the pursuit of that in itself is meaningful, right? Because open up conversation, it's it can be incredibly, incredibly funny. Right. And I just don't want people to think of it as okay, uh, uh a Singapore like director tried to be funny uh in a very offensive way. So I'm gonna like go back to my own corner of like safety and, and comfort zone and, and ensure that any comedy I push out. Right, it's gonna be like super safe, super PC, right? I, I I don't want that to happen in Singapore. I don't want people to take Jack New as this precedent where you know comedy has to be very safe, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I think you know you you talk about South Park, right? A, a show like South Park would never fly in Singapore. Yes. Right? Even yeah. if it were to somehow pass uh, IMDA's census. Somehow. For the, for the reason that I mean, you know, even if the state allows it. The culture here doesn't allow it, right? The culture here has a lot more sensitive to uh, religious um, and racial differences, and and these types of like discord that may may uh, create conflict and, and racial strife, right? So, I mean, I think your opinion is it is in a minority here. You you want to you see like comedy as a kind of uh, platform where you can uh, take something educational away from it. But I, I'm afraid, I don't think a lot more Singaporeans would, would agree with that, right? I mean, what's the closest, when you think about comedy in Singapore, what's the closest that would come to, to that kind of, uh, uh, you know, like something like South Park? There probably isn't anything, right? But what's the closest? Probably Kuma, I don't know. Yeah. What, because he makes fun of, of, of like different races? Yeah, I think, I think Kuma is, you know... He, he, he can be very like, yeah, um, he, he can push a lot of buttons, right? And he's not afraid to do so, right? And I always thought it was very, very brave and fascinating uh, that Kuma, you know, like dons this like dress for many of her, uh, many, many of his like performances, right? right? That, that in of itself already like, you know, changes our views on like, you know, like LGBT culture and things like that, right? It starts a discussion at least, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Because without Kuma, right, there is literally no LGBT representation representation in the media, right? Because any LGBT representation, you know, in books and films, they're just not going to pass, as you say, IMDA approval, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so something like someone like Kuma is, is, I think, really awesome, right, for, for Singapore society.
Yeah. Well, I would like to see Kuma or, or any of these like reviewers, right? I would like to see them push the social boundaries in, in critics, right? I mean, if you're going to complain about stereotypes in Jack Neal movies, right? Why don't we go further and critically analyze the backdrop of the movie, which is that the whole military apparatus, the whole idea of conscription, oh, yes. of military, of men having to serve for two years, you know? I mean, well, why isn't anyone criticizing that? Why isn't, why, you know, you know, the Jack Neal movies, the Amoy's to Men franchise, right? They were obviously, um, to no one's surprise, heavily supported by Mindef. I think Mindef yeah. didn't give direct funding, but they, they lent him all the equipment, the tankers, yeah. the, the areas to film in, right? Correct. And you know, I, I did a bit of research and Jack Neal said that, oh, we didn't take funding because we wanted to maintain creative control over the film. But when I watch A Boys to Men, right, what creative control are you talking about? Like, the, there's just no way that you can watch A Boys to Men and not come away with a more or less positive uh, point of view about serving right. army, right? And it, it, the whole thing just just masquerades as like a, a, a pseudo propaganda for for yep. conscription and army in Singapore. So I mean, like, I, I would like to see that being analyzed, right? Where where is the analysis on that? It's just like an accepted truth that everyone sort of takes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a good point, right? Anyway, on this topic, right? What's what's your just just for fun? What's your what's your view on conscription, right? Just to get like get our bearings, right? I mean, generally, I, I I'm quite critical of conscription, but I don't really want to go off the the radical deep end right now. I guess all I would say is that, you know, we've had conscription since what? Well, independence, right? Or a few years after independence. Nineteen sixty-eight, so, you know, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so national service has been around for more than 50 years. And when conscription was uh, put into parliament, was proposed in parliament and passed right back then, the geopolitical landscape back then, right, was very, very different from today's. Back then, you have the ideological war between the communists and, and like the liberal democracies like the US, the UK, etc., right, and parts of Europe. And I think part of the, the main motivation for, for having that kind of, uh, we need an army in Singapore, we need a conscript man. Um, it was driven a lot by that very precarious uh, geopolitical circumstances. But that's 50 years ago, and it's very different today. And you know, I'm not saying like we should abolish completely national service, but the fact that no one ever seems to question at all, and everyone just sort of takes it as like a, um, sort of like a, you know. Accepted eternal truth, necessary exactly. for our survival, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and even more than that, because you know, how many times have we heard people say, uh, going to national service is like a rite of passage. It's like a, a, you know, something that turns boys to men. I mean, bloody hell, the movie is literally <laughs> boys to men. Yes, men, yes. Right? So, so even in the title, right, it's such a subtle kind of a, a political messaging. It's like, oh, if we don't have NS in Singapore, boys will remain boys forever. So you're telling me what? The billions of people around the world who don't serve in the army, they're all boys, is it? Only you Singaporean men are, are like more mature and grown up. I mean, it's do, do you know the do you know the meme or like or this like very famous interview, 
right? Where they went to like uh some like some some people went to like uh interview like girls on the street and then ask them the views on the NS. I know exactly. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, and then and then and then like they ask, they say like, oh, NS is good for guys. They you know group them to them. Then you're like, oh, uh, but would you serve NS on your own? Then, then she was like, yeah. no, it oh. would disrupt my studies or something like that. There was, there was this particular Indian girl, right, uh, who who was interviewed, and yeah. then um, it was hilarious because the interview asked her first, do you think that men should serve? She said, yeah, I think it, it helps them to learn good habits, helps them to grow up. And then it cuts and then it was like, would you, do you think women should serve NS? And then she immediately stopped us. It was like, uh, I don't think such a good idea. I, I have to serve, uh, I have to do my studies. And it's like the hypocrisy is laid bare, right? And, and to, to be sure, right, I, I don't really, I generally, I think that national service should be reduced even further. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not like, advocating for women to serve uh, uh, NS as well. But I would like to at least see uh, if, if women are being interviewed about national service, right? I would like to at least see some consistency, you know? And can right. you at least yeah. pretend, can you at least pretend, say like, yeah, I don't really want you to do your part, but can you at least show me that, you know, we're all in this together? Yeah, yeah, I, I like your point that, uh, okay, I, I think I'll, I'll just be like transparent here. I, I, I don't agree that I did NS at all, right? I don't want to get into like the ideological principle discussion of it, right? But at the very least, I think what you say is right. There needs to be a question of uh, cost-benefit analysis, or a question of pragmatics, right? And how do we actually, uh, you know, make our fighting force efficient, right? While ensuring that, you know, you don't take away two years of, so as much like a long span of time away from youth, right? Because the age between 18 and 22, that's like a prime age for anyone, right? So there is an unseen cost that you inflict upon people. So there are many things you can do, right? Such as, you know, someone uh, like places like Taiwan, they've shortened the term, right? Um, they have, you know, they have done things such as like employ more private military contractors to fill in certain gaps. Right, and um, and then and then people will say like, oh no, like if you, if you hire mercenaries, they will not be loyal, and and I, I don't buy the argument. I, I don't buy the well, argument. It, it, right. You know, right? People are so averse to the idea of private uh, contractors and mercenaries, right? But the fact of the matter is, even Singapore, to some extent, they employ private uh, um, private market forces in the army. For example, the because, are, yeah. right? right? They are private. Um, you know, I I, I serve in the infantry. And, you know, when we put on all our gear and our, I can't even remember what those devices are called on your helmets and your and your vest, right? These are private contractors that are coming in to do it for us, right? So, you know, it's puzzling, right? People are so opposed to, to having private armies, but to some extent, we already have that and it works well. That's why SAF and MIDDEF continues doing it. Um, yeah. And, and you know, to, to, to the MIDDEF's credit, I guess, they have already reduced NS, right? It used to be two and a half years. Now it's two. Oh, it's but, two and a half last time. Yeah, it used to oh, be. That was, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean they, they did reduce it now, but I mean I think it's it, it's high time you should reduce it even more, right? Like, what is the justification for for maintaining one of the most militarized states in the world, right? If you went if you go to like Google and search the military index, right? right. 
is basically an index that ranks countries across which country has most military spending, the most military power. And Singapore is up there with the US and Israel, right? And Israel, I mean, very, very understandable circumstances, why they need a, a very strong army. But Singapore, really? Like, I mean, what, what, what's the threat here? Malaysia, Indonesia, their armies are like not even a fraction of SAFs, right? So, you know, all I ask is that if Jack Noah is watching this, right, please, can you create, if, if, you, if you want to claim to create a movie, right, that's like representative of uh, the, the, the NS experience, right, please do a little bit more, uh, go, go push the envelope a little bit more, do a little bit more critical analysis. Yeah, because I, I think for any good movie, um, you have to like, build like build up both sides right then you have like a conclusion where okay one side wins you know what what one worldview wins right but i think what's embedded in the films is like national service is uh inherent good right uh there's and then anyone who doubts it anyone who's like oh i'm lazy to, to go for training i i'm, I'm i don't want to take part in this i don't want to defend my country right <coughs> any one of them they are just like they're, they're just gonna be like put aside Right, like exactly. that view doesn't get that that uh that breathing space, right? And I think it's very sad that it's very constricted because I think there are some legitimate arguments for those views as well, right? And and actually, if you remember, right, I don't know if you recall, if you watch the first film closely, you see the way the characters are positioned, right? Um, it is actually very subtly pushing the whole military at pro NS uh, agenda. The first example is that the main character, right, he's, uh, at first he's like, oh, I don't want to serve the army, you know, I just want to get out of shit. And then after that, his dad has a stroke and then suddenly he becomes like this upright standing citizen and then the movie casts him as like, a, oh, he's he, he, he was a slacker, he was hopeless and then yeah. now he's like a, a good guy, he's right? Redeemed. So, yeah, he was redeemed by this yeah, right of passage. Yeah. It took his dad almost dying for him to be redeemed. So that's the social message. That, that our boys to Duran is trying to give his viewers, right? And then there was another, uh, it was like a minor character in the our boys to Duran movies, right? It was this uncle and, and he was like the ultimate slacker, right? He, whenever he met like the main character, he was teaching him how to gang, telling him said that you need to do this, you need to get out of it. And then the that character, right? The uncle, right? He's also like a portrait as like a low life in real life. He was like someone who was just serving coffee or drinks at a coffee shop. And then the his brother, which is the main character's dad, would like scold him and say that, uh, do you want to be a failure for the rest of your life? You you already gain oh, an wow. army. You want to get, continue to gain for the rest of your life. Then he was like, Jiefu, That's all I mean. <laughs> the messaging is very, very subtle. Um, but because a lot of people, a lot of viewers, a lot of Singaporeans, they sort of like accept that as like a, um, eternal truth that shouldn't be questioned or is unquestionable. Right. Um, it goes past it. it I mean, it is very, very effective, uh, 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 propaganda if I may put that, put it that way. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I do feel like, do you think this will change? Do you think like you know, many, many years down the road, we can finally, like, openly say, like, you know, NS, NS is a good, you know, like, NS is, you know, not, not, as, not as important as you think it is.
Do you think we'll it's get hard, there? It's hard. It's very, very hard to say. I, I don't think so. Because the main factors, right, for the government to reduce their, their, their national service, right, is if our economy isn't doing so well, there's a fiscal drag, we're spending too much on the army. And then, you know, like, okay, we really need to cut uh, our, our budgets. Therefore, we downsize the army. But Singapore is a very rich country. And is a whole. this is a whole other different conversation, right? But Singapore does their economic growth and their economic development very, very well. So in a sense, right, all of the things that they do well enables uh, this longer than average national service. It's sort of like you do that well, you save a lot of money and then use that to subsidize uh, the national service. So I think my, my guess is that unless we see a drastic change in economic circumstances, right, national service will probably remain as two years. Yeah. Just, just like, uh, just to relate to the film, right, maybe to give uh, Jack New some credit for like sparking some discourse. Um, what do you think of like I don't know, female conscription, right? Like, you know, female joining in the army and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I generally am already against male conscription, right? So why would I want women to be conscripted as well? The, the argument is that, you know, make it more fair. But if one person is being exploited, I wouldn't want a second person to be exploited, right? To make, to make it fair. I mean, yeah, it makes no sure. sense. Or, yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, if they want to voluntarily join the army, I highly don't recommend it. But if you want to, sure, go ahead. Uh, I don't know why. I, 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 had this, I had this like devil's advocate argument. I had a friend, which was like, if you really hate NS, you should get women to do it. And then you have like twice the number of people hating it. And then you you might actually change the, <laughs> change the voter landscape. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think I think I think your friend underestimates the power of uh, SAF's uh, propaganda. <laughs> and I mean, it's not it's something that it's something that comes from young, you know. You know, from our like our primary school textbooks. Do you remember the way our history textbooks are, are structured? The narrative. It always yes. starts off. It always starts off as. The Brit we trusted the British. The British left us. We are all alone. We have to depend on ourselves now. And it at yeah. that point, right, is how they justify conscription. I mean, that to, to be fair, right, there's some truth to that. I'm not saying it's all complete yeah. book. But the history the history textbooks, right, they do their role, that's all I can say from a very young age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and and I think like this is where like you need liberalization across multiple areas. So you need liberalization as what I alluded to at the media level, like people are free to speak, um, you know, think differently. Like they, are, they wouldn't be like ousted for like saying, uh, you know, NS isn't, isn't, isn't good, right? Uh, but you also need it at an educational level, right? Like I, I don't think there's enough discourse happening at a young age uh, among, among students, right? Um, yeah, social studies. Yeah, like your social studies class, you are not really taught how to think. You are taught like this is the way to. This is what you have to think. Right. right? Um, yeah. So, and I think that's an issue. Yeah. This course is the right word, because there, there literally there is no discourse at all. 
I mean, at the end of the day, the government's going to do what they plan to do, which is two years of conscription. But you don't even have those conversations around whether they should or should not do it or not. As opposed to, like, say, for example, um, I don't know, like, say, for example, the minimum wage. You know, there is there's some discourse there. Should we do it? Should we not do it? Um, or maybe, like, I don't know, uh, environmental policy, climate change is, is, is happening. The government needs to take some measures. There is discourse going on there. You know, there are people at Hong Lim Park protesting. But when it comes to NS, right, literally no discourse. This is how yeah. it is. How That's it a very good observation. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it's a very, very strong um, uh, messaging. Uh, and again, right, I need to, I should caveat that I don't advocate completely removing the army. I don't, com- I don't advocate completely abolishing NS. I think there is some um, credence to it. But... But then you know this this uh, accepting things on face value without questioning, right? That's for that's for the birds, right? I'm, I'm, that's not me. Yeah. Uh. By the way, Taiwan has completely abolished its national service conscription, right? If I'm not wrong. I'm not sure, actually. Not I, sure. I think they have, right? Uh. I mean, and I always say that if Taiwan can do it, and they have actually a very aggressive, huge neighbor, right? Many many times the size of Malaysia. Right, uh, that's threatening to invade them, right? Should you know the US like just not want to care about Southeast Asia, right? right. And there are many, many more reasons to do NS, but they decided to to sort of like not do it, right? And I think one of the factors that actually pushed them to uh like you know do away with NS entirely was I there were so many protests, right, uh against national service in the country. Right. Uh, and I think the protests happened uh, quite often, especially when like someone died in the army due to like some military accident and things like that. Right. And you have the same military accidents happening in Singapore. Uh, and it even if and it also involved like uh, I think a Singapore celebrity, right? But literally no one bats an eye, like no one really like goes out to Hong Kong Park to protest, right, about it. Yeah. Right. So the, so your the, observation that there is no discourse. It's, 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 it's really right on yeah you're really right on the ball on that yeah the as i recall right that celebrity who died in the course of his training right he the backlash was oh you know saf should take more precautions but it doesn't go beyond that it doesn't go beyond and, and, and question the fundamental existence of conscription and the duration of it the spending that goes into it etc yeah yeah and i'll i will even say like conscription makes things uh, certain things dangerous Right, because conscription literally means you're taking the entire population and throwing them into the military, right? And yes, you can have pass rankings and all that, right? But uh, but generally people will have different competence, right? And also made worse by the fact that some people they just really don't want to be there. They're only there because like I, I want to avoid jail time, right? And this means that you don't necessarily have the culture of like improvement, right? Willingness to, like do my best when I'm in the camp. Right. And and this has effect on you know productivity and quality of fighting force and also safety. Right. Like like I'm just here because I'm forced to be here. Like, why should I do all the safety checks? Right. So there is a real risk, right? And and there is there has to be some discussion also on incentives, right? How do we adequately compensate people for the time? Right. So that at least, okay, we force you, but you know, you 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 don't feel too bad about it. Right. These are genuine concerns that deserve to be. Uh, you know, discussed, 
right? And I feel like, firstly, I feel like I can't really make up my mind entirely unless we have the discussion. Because I do agree with the other side that there are certain geopolitical concerns that still sort of remain, right? And maybe that's why we need a national service. So I, I think there's, there is definitely a lot to talk about. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I think the point that you were, you were talking about, right, about how, you know, we are coerced to be there, so we don't really give it our all, right? I mean, you know, even the army themselves, right, SAF themselves, right, they themselves implicitly agree with that. Because who do they entrust in the top roles? Who occupies the, the, the top intelligence roles? They don't give that to the NSFs. They don't give that to the NS men. They give it to the regulars, the guys who are like full-time careers, right? So right. Well, yeah. what's the, the economic lesson here is that you are giving the important roles to people who are sufficiently motivated to work because their careers depend on it. But you don't you don't see that for like the million other guys who are doing their NS. You think that these guys are just going to come and serve and, and be coerced to do it and they're going to give their all. I mean, it's rubbish, right? It's, it's economic uh, 101, right? If you are not, the incentives are misaligned. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, and I think actually our boys to men for wasn't a really great film film but i actually explored this concept of like what happens if people just don't care at all right like some people are like okay i'm going to tough it out for two years but if you want to come be, want me to come back to do reservist training again and again right eventually i'll be sick of it and eventually there's no incentive to do anything at all right which exactly. is why the female commander had such tough time like controlling the men right by the way i'm doing my reservist next week so uh, I think this is being a at time. I have a lot of okay. to reflect next week. Okay, I see. I see. Would it be a tough reservist? Uh, I I guess you're in a combat position, right? Yeah. No, I think it will be a walk in the park. Um, just a week. A vacation kind of thing for you. Okay. Yeah, I mean that that's exactly the mentality, right? Everyone just wants to get it over with. Hell, even the commanders think that way. And but then you know when you when you see like. The, the defense minister and like the mainstream political messaging, right? They, they try and put NS up as like this like shrine of like honor. Right? No one actually thinks that way except for like the 2% of people who serve in, in as their full-time careers. Yeah. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, I think we can wrap up. Uh, thanks so much for joining the episode. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify, on YouTube, uh, and you also can check our social media links below. If you have feedback, feel free to reach out to us. All right. Thanks, guys. See you around. Bye-bye.